Hi, uh, this is Andy Hahn, and this is episode 15 of Guided Self-Healing, Fearless Living. And uh, it is June 28th of 2021, and it is unbelievably hot. So if I look like I'm sweating, it's only because I am, because we're in the middle of an enormous heat wave. So what I'd like to start with is I haven't been doing these things for about a month. And the reason for that is that uh, Joni and I, Joni is my writing partner in this context, have just finished uh, a week ago a book that's called One Hour Miracles, Five Steps to Guiding self-healing and then the subtitle which we really love is change the story reauthor your life and it is uh, it turned out to be a lot longer than we thought it was going to be originally we wanted to write a very short book 20 to twenty-five thousand words that really was just the foundations of our healing work and our agent said that that was uh, a pamphlet not a book so he said you had to double the length so we were shooting for 45,000 and we ended up with 90,000 and uh, we got it in three hours before our deadline. So it's very exciting. And uh, what I want to say is that One Hour Miracles, we had some questions about because we would like to under-promise and over-deliver. And what we wanted to say and what we do say is that what is a miracle really? I would say, you know, there's the definition of miracles that we're usually used to, which is like something extraordinary that's inexplicable happens, like chronic pain that's nothing's touched it for seven years suddenly goes away. And we certainly have seen over and over miracles like that, that, you know, chronic pain that no one understands and doesn't know how to work with, that's been around for years will go away for, an, for example, in a half hour, if you know how to do it. And the way you'd have to know how to do it is to understand that even though it seems like it's physical, chronic pain, like everything else, can be an invitation to remembering something that was traumatic that couldn't be handled. And when you can find what the real story is and choose to experience it as opposed to identifying with it, miracles can happen. The kinds of miracles we think of as miracles. And what I'd also like to say, however, is that every session that we do is a miracle because whenever it is that you choose to bring your attention to the sensation that's associated with something that couldn't be handled and you choose to bring your awareness to it, to the sensation and to choose to become it, you're like being an, uh, an actor who is choosing to play a role. And then you no longer unconsciously identify with a role, but you consciously choose to be that role while you are identified with the one who's doing the choosing and doing the witnessing and doing the holding. And every time we do that, we become a little more free. We climb the mountain of freedom a little bit more. And that really is the real miracle, no matter what the symptom relief is. So. And <clears throat> I think what I'd like to do here today is talk about 
something that happened literally a couple of days before our book was due. And uh, it's a story about allergies. But what's really important about this first story that I want to tell you, because I, I think I'm going to spend some time talking about allergies today, is that um, this person knew nothing about our work. I was going to my optometrists and I had to have an eye exam for glasses and I was talking to the receptionist and while we were talking, she, this was one of the first days, really warm days of spring and she said that she had to mow the lawn uh, and she was dreading mowing the lawn because she had horrific allergies. So I said to her, well, you know, I can't make any promises, but I may have something that may be able to be useful to you if you're interested. And she said, anything, because I do not want to have to do this lawn mowing because I will be like absolutely miserable, runny nose and just awful. I said, okay. So I said, I'm going to just share something about how I think about things. And so I asked her a question, which is, if your allergies were a story, what might the story be? And she was actually very wise about this. And she said, well, I suppose you could say that some kind of mistake is going on, perhaps, um, that my body is afraid of something that it may not need to be afraid of. And I said, that is really quite brilliant. And I'd say, yeah, that's really true. I mean, I'm not saying that your allergies aren't physical. Maybe, you know, you have a reaction to certain tree pollen that feels like poison to you. But it's more likely it is a story very much of the kind you say. And so what we find is, of course, that our allergies are a symptom that's inviting us into a story, exactly as you say. And the story is something about the world is a dangerous place. And I can't distinguish, I can't discern who is a friend and who is a foe. So I have to protect myself from everything, even if it's not dangerous, because it's better to be safe than sorry. So I said to her, what would happen? And I said, I invited her to do something, actually. What I said is, why don't you just notice what happens in your body when you really allow allergies and this experience you're having, perhaps, because we don't know, but perhaps that the world is a dangerous place and I can't distinguish what's safe and what's dangerous. So I have to protect myself from everything. And immediately, of course, I asked her to really experience and imagine that and she immediately began to have allergy symptoms, even though she was in the office, which just goes to prove that the allergies weren't just about allergies because she was not mowing her lawn at the time, but she began to get those symptoms. So I said to her, why don't you just bring all your awareness to the runny nose and the foggy head and the uh, scratchy throat and all of that, and just choose to bring your awareness to them to such a degree that you become them from the inside out, like you're choosing to become those sensations. And then all you have to do is sit with them and uh, get receptive and maybe something will come to you about this story. So she did that and she said, in fact, something did come to her, um, but she chose not to tell me what it was. But as soon as it came to her and as soon as she, and as she was sitting there, she said, this is very strange because my allergy symptoms are going away. But of course, there was nothing to be allergic to in this uh, office. So she thought, well, 
I'm really feeling skeptical. I said, well, why don't you check it out? Because you have nothing to lose. So mow your lawn and see what happened. So I came back two weeks later to pick up my glasses. And of course, she comes from the back. She hears my voice. She comes and she said, really? I mean, that's why it's like the title of the book. She said, it's a miracle. She said, I did it again before I mowed the lawn. I did exactly what you invited me to do. And I did the same thing. And then I mowed the lawn and I had no reaction. Now, of course, what she didn't know is she didn't have to do it a second time, but, you know, better be safe than sorry, I suppose, particularly if you think the world is a dangerous place and you want to feel secure, but you don't have to do it twice. But she did, and then she went and mowed the lawn and had no allergic reaction whatsoever. And she thought that was such a miracle that she started telling her family and her friends all about it. And of course, she came and said, oh, my God, you know, this is a miracle. Thank you so much. And I said, well, you know, I just am fortunate enough to know certain things about how I think life works and I'm glad it was useful to you. And she of course said it was. And the reason I wanted to share this story with you is it's not like she studied what we've been doing at all. I just invited her to let herself experience something and open to the possibility that instead of it being physical, it was just a narrative of some kind. And it worked for her and it worked for her to such a degree that she started telling her friends basically when there's something that they're suffering about, find the sensation and choose to become it. And that is, of course, all I'm inviting everyone to do. Because as soon as you find the sensation associated with what you're suffering about and choose to become that sensation, you've now faced and mastered what before couldn't be mastered and couldn't be handled. And that, I think, in a nutshell, is all healing work is. It's like we align the witness, which is a very high vibration, with the dense energy, which is the thing that can't be handled. And as soon as we do that, the thing that can't be handled becomes begins to transform immediately back into its true form, which is the same energy as the witness, which is a very high vibration. It's kind of like going from one to the speed of light squared. It's that much difference. And of course, when you do that, the sensation just dissolves because it's not required anymore. And that is what we call healing karma. So if you want to heal karma or you want to heal anything that you're traumatized about, just choose to face and become the trauma and you'll be free. And I want to tell you, um, this can work for everything. So we had someone, um, I want to keep talking about allergies, but early in our trainings, we had someone who had what was really uh, horrific, he was told, allergy to cats. Like he was told that if he was in a room with a cat, it could literally kill him. The allergies were so bad that he would have, you know, shock and could, would literally suffocate. And uh, so of course he stayed away from cats, but he wanted to do our training and our training was gonna be in a place where there had been a cat. So that was a problem. So he actually did a train, he did a session with, uh, the person who was going to be running the training. And they found out using our diagnostic system that the allergies equaled what we call a death wish and a particular kind of death wish because the standard death wish is a part of me wants to die. But this variation of the death wish was a very, very insidious one, which is someone who is supposed to love me wants me dead. So in order to receive their love, I have to want to die or I have to die, actually. 
And so when this person dropped into this, I was told, because this was a student who did this, he started to have a horrific allergic reaction, so much so that uh, he wanted to go for his EpiPen because he thought he was gonna suffocate. But our students said, look, there's clearly no cats around here. So clearly uh, you're creating this in some way as something you're remembering. So he said, look, you always can get your EpiPen, even though right now you're really having trouble breathing. But why don't you just become this extreme trouble breathing like you're suffocating and choose to be it from the inside out? And what happened, of course, is when he did that, he had a, a horrific memory that he had no recollection of. And in this memory, his experience was his, that his mother was trying to suffocate him when he, with a pillow when he was a toddler. And he associated for a variety of reasons, he associated mother and feminine with cats. And so he transformed cats into mother who was trying to suffocate him, which of course was why he would not be able to breathe. And they transformed that whole story, which is, you know, if you become aware of it, then you're already transforming it because you no longer are automatically identified with that toddler. You're now remembering what happened to that toddler. Um, but, and all of his, his difficulties breathing, and in fact, his sense that he was suffocating went away. And he, of course, was like saying, well, that's interesting, but I still have my doubts about being around cats, but he checked it out very, very, very carefully. And what he found was he took a mild step into the house with all of his EpiPen and everything at hand and nothing happened. And then he did it one step at a time until he was finally petting the cat. And he had no reaction at all. So I guess what I want to say from this story is, first of all, we can all do our own self-healing because whenever there's something that we're suffering about, find the sensation that's associated with the suffering, which will always be there, some kind of discomfort, pain, emptiness, squeeziness, numbness, suffocating, something, and choose to bring your awareness there. And it's like you're then choosing to be with the one couldn't handle something who's here right now it's not like we're regressing you it's that you're finding something that's here in the here and now and then when you choose to become it you shift from unconsciously identifying with the one who's in the story to identifying with the person who's choosing to be the one in the story and in a nutshell that's all that healing requires and uh I think what you'll find, because we're talking about allergies today, is that a lot of allergies have very similar stories. They're narratives. And they tend to be stories about not being able to distinguish who's dangerous and who's safe and loving in a world that's dangerous. And of course, our student's story is exactly about that. So, what we can say is if we take allergies, but it's true for everything, while on one level they're awful and they make us miserable and they could kill us on a whole other level, they are an invitation to remember that which we've split off. And the second we do that, we become free. And then you can begin to think about all of you know the things you might have troubles with, like autoimmune disease, 
So what is autoimmune disease? It is our attacking ourselves, which really is a protection because usually it's because we were so badly attacked that we choose to protect ourselves by bringing that story of attack inside. So we become, I'm attacking myself. If you listen to it, really is two people, the attacker and the attackee. And uh, so there is someone who is attacking you in this lifetime, maybe a parent. And there's the you being attacked. And there's the you in the moment who can't handle it and says, I better bring that relationship inside me because then I can be the one who controls it. It's not gonna happen to me, I can do it to myself. Plus, you never lose the relationship with your parent. But the second you realize, of course, that it was a choice you made to protect yourself, then your autoimmune disease, you could thank it, which is typically what autoimmune diseases are, and you could bring out the relationship that you've sort of incorporated. And the you that made the choice to bring it in as a protection and since it was a choice, you can choose to bring it outside. And uh, once it's outside of you, you can send it loving divine energy because we're all channels of source energy. And that will be healing the you that in that moment made the choice without being aware you were making a choice. And then be skeptical and curious and see if your autoimmune disease starts to change. I won't make you any guarantees, but uh, sense. Anyway, this has been a pleasure and we will go back to something else soon, but today I wanted to share all this with you. And you can do your own healing. You know, you can do it. And if you want to learn how to do it better, we can share with you how to do that too, because the pure land obviously is to find the sensation that's associated with your suffering. But sometimes, of course, you don't know that you're suffering, like in the case I told you about, you know, with the allergies. You can get more information, like someone who's supposed to love me wants me dead, and that's why the world feels like a dangerous place. You can find out where it originates, and you can find out if that person who's being traumatized needs something other than just sharing their story. And if you know all that, you can basically heal pretty much anything. Not cure, but heal. So having said that, uh, as always, we welcome any reflections, any questions, any comments, any sense of this sounds crazy, because um, I love skeptics. So all of this is available to you. So if you want to, you can write us. Um, my email address is ahan, as in Andy Han, at lifecenteredtherapy.com. And if you wanna learn more about our work, just go to lifecenteredtherapy.com. And uh, until our next meeting, I wish you a happy day and I wish you freedom from your allergies, if nothing else, and freedom from suffering. So, goodbye.